Four of the centerpieces, and, and there's five. So I want to know uh, who here has been married the longest? What's the, how long have you guys been married? 39. 39. 41. 41. 41, 41. Okay. Oh, it's a Anybody tie. longer than 41? John and Tammy. 46. 46. Oh, man. Right. Anybody longer than 46? I'm 45, so... <laughs> so, so we want to, uh, one, one of the centerpieces is for you guys, and I want to give them a round of applause for being there. Yeah. That's a long time to contemplate murder. <laughs> but not only have they been married 46 years, they're still pouring into their marriage right. by coming to DNA and other things. So. That is, a, that is a good way to be married 46 years. It's born into your marriage. All right. All right. While you guys are eating, because I find that people are less lippy when they're eating, um, <laughs> we'll go ahead and get started, all right? Um, so we're talking about the subject is uh, how to keep your marriage sane during the most wonderful time of the year. And so I just wanted to cover about five tips and maybe a bonus at the end uh, of some things that you could do, some things to talk about and so forth. I'm going to spend most of my time on the very first one. You know, just, just take the first deck out of the box and talk about it first. And uh, so I gave you guys a place if you want to take a few notes, you can do that. If you just want to follow along and know when we're almost done, you can do that too. We will stop, uh, like not stop uh, this talk, but we'll, we'll have some discussion pieces, uh, we'll stop and ask a few questions as we go along. Okay? You guys ready? ready. Yeah. Okay, mouths are full and so less lippy. Oh, oh I, wait, boy. Nora has pens, so I was counting on her. I, got I have one if someone wants to, if someone else needs one. Oh. Not a no. <laughs> so Nora's a klepto. Um, that's what I'm hearing. That's good. <sighs> yeah, go ahead, babe. Anybody else need a pin? All right. Good deal. All of them back. Sorry. She stole them fair and square, wants them back. Doesn't want to lose them. So, anyway. There you go. So do you guys find, uh, let's start with a question. Do you guys find that there are certain times of the year that your marriage has a little bit more tension in it than others? And are the holidays one of those? Yeah? Okay, that's good. Good discussion. Thanks, John. All right, anyway. <laughs> that's good. Uh, hunting season? Hunting season? Hunting season? Any tension? No. No, that's a happy season. Everyone, like, They're not around each other enough to fight, so it's a good way to go. Um, so... What, what do you think causes higher tension around, I don't know, holidays, and it's not just Christmas, but like in the summer, Labor Day, July 4th, what do you think drives up the tension in a marriage? Money. Money? Yeah. Expectations? Expectations and money, anything else? Busyness. Just busyness, just not enough time on the calendar. Stress. Stress, that's good. Family. Family? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Your family make demands on you in the holidays? You have to be at our house. No, you have to be at our house. Anyway, so, 
we're now at the stage in life where we get to do that to our children, and it's a wonderful place to be. Anyway, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's kind of tackle it. So the first thing I want to talk about, the first tip is to, to actually talk about expectations, because you, did, you mentioned it, several of you did. Expectations go way up during the holidays, don't they? I mean, you begin to... Uh, you know, have ex- like you you want things. How many how many of you, ladies or men, like just have ever like I just want the perfect Christmas this year. You ever you ever said that? I just want it to be perfect. Is that realistic? I want it perfect. I mean, how many of you guys are like I want it to be over? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I was I've been a I've been a Grinch for years. I finally found a way that I can get through Christmas without making my wife uh, sick. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, the expectations go up. So that's the first thing. The first tip is to actually talk about the expectations. And I know that sounds like a no-brainer, but here's the thing. You haven't yet. Bottom line, the, the more we talk to couples, it's, the more I, it, it, the first question we ask now is, okay, have you talked about this? Have, have you communicated at all? And almost without, without fail, that is the number one thing. We just have not talked about what our expectations are. So it's a simple thing. So I want to talk about this for a little bit uh, tonight, what that might look like. The leadership team right now is reading a book called Resolving Everyday Conflict. And some of the tools I'm going to give you actually come out of that book, and they're really good, really simple. And so I'm telling you the name of the book, Resolving Everyday Conflict, a real easy book to read and give to your kids for Christmas, and it's a cheap gift for less than five bucks most times. So anyway, and they won't read it, but still, it'll make you feel good. The Bible says in Hebrews 13:4, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery, as Steve pointed out right before we talked. He, he said his pastor told him that before he got married, and so he's been faithful. So there's two words there, honor. What does honor mean? It means to hold in high esteem, something very precious. So this is your marriage we're talking about, or your relationship you're in. And so, so we have to look at this thing as something that's very dear and very precious to you. Start there. Honor it. But then it says faithful, and faithful there means a whole lot more than sexual purity or just staying faithful to your husband or wife. Faithful here, it means, I'm just going to read it, free from that which by the nature of a thing is deformed and debased, or its force and vigor impaired. So to be faithful in your marriage is more than just staying sexually faithful to your spouse. It's preserving the sanctity, the peace, the unity, the preciousness. It's holding all of that together. Now I know that sets a high ideal, and I know that we don't hit ideals all the time, but this is a a great thing to think about when it comes to your marriage. We're not just being faithful physically, we're being faithful spiritually, emotionally, in, in every way that we can to each other. We're preserving the peace of our marriage. This is where you have to, if you're gonna actually start talking about things that could get prickly, and holidays can get prickly. I want to be with my parents. I want to be with my parents. I want the kids to do this. Then you've got to start with a place that, from a place of we're preserving the faithfulness, the purity. We're, never, we're not going to attack the basis of our marriage, the peace of it, the unity of it. Does that make sense? And so, so the honor and faithfulness is a lot more than, than just the physical side of it. Also, always remember that the purpose of marriage isn't about you. And I know that's a hard pill to swallow for some. But the Bible makes it clear in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, 
through um, verse 33 that the purpose of marriage is to illustrate Christ, it's to illustrate the gospel, to show what real love looks like. And so your marriage has a bigger purpose than just you being happy. And it is worth you going through some seasons of challenge to, to make it a better picture of the gospel, of grace, of goodness. And so remember that. When you start trying to talk about the holidays, and at our table we were talking about holiday traditions and, and the retired people who don't have to make plans six months in advance anymore, like, well, we don't know what we're doing yet. And Anyway, so they get to fight closer to the holiday than, than you guys. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But anyway, just remember that the purpose of the marriage is just to, to show... That, that spiritual thing, show that gospel side of it. And, and if, you keep, if you look at this marriage as bigger than just the two of you, it's a God thing, not just an us thing, really kind of puts you in perspective and can help you put your priorities in a much better place than they can end up. Sometimes it's like I, I win or, or I lose, and that is not the right attitude in a marriage, okay? So, uh, a lot of fun. Remember the primary purpose of Christian marriage is to display the gospel. So, how do we do this? So, this gets into real practical stuff. How do we deal with, and, and the, the great thing is, this will work all year long. These are simple principles of communication based in the Word of God. Super easy to remember. So, go through four things, and I think I have them on the notes there. So, first thing. How do you deal with conflict in your marriage? First thing you got to do is go higher. And what I mean by go higher is start with an honest conversation with God. Where do we get our ideas for what we want to do any time of the year? But let's, let's say right now, it's a week before Thanksgiving, and Christmas is right behind it. Where do we get our ideas for those expectations that we have? Where do they come from? Throw something out. Culture? Tradition? What? TV shows. It's a wonderful life. TV shows. A wonderful life. <laughs> Giving out those angel wings. Sorry. Anything? Any other thoughts? Helping others. What's going to help people? That's good. They come from a lot of places, bottom line. Now, some things come from God. Some things come from you. Some things come from the world. You know? And one of the challenges in all of Christian life is discerning those voices. And I, that's why one of the reasons I recommend people read the Bible so much because the more you read the Bible, the more you know what God's voice sounds like. The more you know what his ideas sound like. But, so, when it comes to these conversations you need to have, and they could be prickly. Maybe you fight about what parent's house to have Christmas morning at every year. Or Thanksgiving. Or maybe you found a way to thread that needle. Um, start with a conversation with God. So that you can get your heart in a place of humility you can be more receptive to what your spouse might think. Um, on things that might be particularly prickly, uh, it's just a practical thing that we've learned. I don't take it when my wife, when my wife comes to me and says, we need to talk, I don't take that well. <laughs> so I don't do that. She doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> There, there were a few years that she did that, and I, I don't handle that well at all. So then, then I'm just mad until we talk. Or, you know, I was. Tell them what you do now, hon. What I do Do you now? remember? She, she asked me. A lot of times she'll like, hey, we need to talk about this. Is now a good time? And sometimes I'm like, no, I can't deal with that right now. 
can we do it Saturday or can we do it on a date or something like that um, because I have a hard time I don't know about the rest of you guys but I have a hard time changing focus Cam and I are a lot alike and so um, when I when I'm focused on a thing work whatever it's hard for me to just shift into what she's thinking about. And she can shift on a dime. I mean, she could be yelling at the kids and then hug me like she loves me like the most important person in her life. And just, just like that. Not me. If I'm yelling at the committed kids, I'm committed to yelling at the kids. I mean, I want, to, I want follow through. But anyway, so I'm just kidding. So anyway, if you go higher, though, if you go to God first, have an honest conversation with God, that will put you in a much more humble place to talk with your spouse. It also will open up a new venue of ideas to you. God's the creator. And so, man, we get, we get stuck in, well, we go to my parents every Thanksgiving. We went to your parents last year. You know, however we do it. You get stuck in these things. God might have a better idea. And so if I start with him, I get... I get a better source. Does that make sense? So, so start with going higher. Go to God. Second thing you got to do is get you got to get real. Perfect Christmas ain't gonna happen. Perfect Thanksgiving isn't gonna happen. It's just not. And uh, I mean, we all want to do the best we can, but we're also talking about extended families a lot of times. And boy, you talk about your own household getting wonky. Bring in the uncles and the aunts and the cousins. Woohoo! It's a party that no one wants to go to. But anyway, so, so get real. Just realize you have unrealistic expectations. Um, not only that, you have wounds, you have fears, um, you have things that drive your life that are not faith in Christ and hope in God. There are things outside of those. And so have an honest conversation with yourself. Like, what, is, what about my expectations? What is it I really, really want? What, what is it I need? What's important? You know, before you even get to your partner, I'm talking about a serious conversation with God and with your own heart. And, and this will take care of a whole lot of problems. I mean, you might realize that, that some things aren't as important to you as you thought they were. It also might open up some serious God creativity in your life and some serious humility. I mean, because after a while, you can get to a place where, like, you know what? I'm good with whatever. And when one of the partners is good with whatever, it usually goes a lot smoother, right? Okay, just in our house. Anyway, so <laughs> have an honest conversation with, your, with your, your, yourself. Third thing is gently engage. So go higher, get real, gently. So everybody say gently. Gently. Gently engage. That's a word that needs to come back. We need to learn gentleness. I had a friend, a pastor friend. We, we pastors... We, pay, we post interesting memes on Facebook, you know, and, and uh, he posted a meme about sugar-coated preaching does a lot of harm, and, and I couldn't resist. Usually I just slide on by and don't worry about it, but today I got back on and commented. I said, that's true. I agree. Sugar-coated preaching does do a lot of harm, but so does loveless preaching. And whenever we don't come from a place of love, we do a lot of damage. And it's the same way with our spouse. So I'll give you three scriptures. I think they're on the sheet. At least one or two of them is. Proverbs 15, though, that's all you got to do is read Proverbs 15. Uh, but verse 1 says, A gentle answer deflects anger. A gentle answer deflects anger. But harsh words make tempers flare. Now we've all... That's a proverb. It's just a statement of truth. Proverbs aren't absolute truth. They're, they're true. Truisms, I guess you could say. Okay? I don't have time to break, it, break down a proverb. But anyway, 
the, the gentle, a gentle answer deflects anger. Harsh words make tempers flare. Verse 2 says, The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Some of you are going, I'm memorizing that and quoting it to my kids. Anyway, and then Proverbs 15, 4 says, same chapter, Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Remember, when you get into a, a conversation with your spouse, this is not a contest to see who wins or loses. If one of you loses, both of you lose. You hear me? If one of you loses, both of you lose. Because this is a marriage, and a marriage is where God takes two whole people, one and one, and puts them together into something much more significant in one than two could ever be. I know that was a tongue twister, but that's the only way I know how to wrap my head around it. When God takes two individuals and turns them into one in a marriage, that one in a marriage is greater than the sum of the two that joined in marriage. Maybe that helps that a little bit more. And so you guys are one, and so if one of you loses, both of you do, and so you have to come at every argument and every conflict that 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 way also unless you're just in a really weird marriage a really bad one generally your spouse is a decent person generally I mean your spouse isn't trying to stab you in your sleep maybe I don't know some of you Jason maybe I don't know what I'm saying if you'd have lost tonight I don't know <laughs> no I'm just kidding you know, a lot of times we forget that when we're in conflict, that, that actually our spouse is, is generally a decent person, you know, and, and, and so if you can remember that, it helps you just be a little gentler. So have a conversation with God, an honest conversation with God. Have an honest conversation with your own heart, and then have an honest conversation, an honest conversation with your spouse, and do it gently. It, it's just, it, it's as simple as saying, it, it should be as simple as saying, hey, this is what I would like, what would you like, let's begin to work on figuring this out, okay? Does that make sense? Here's the great thing, when you start doing that, we start communicating, and when you start communicating, what happens is that the manipulation starts to fade. Have you guys ever done marriage on eggshells? You know what I'm talking about? You guys ever done marriage on eggshells? Do you love it? Like you come home, like I wonder what kind of mood they're in today. I don't know, am I going to be in some kind of trouble today? You know, we've all been there. Every marriage has been there. In fact, if there's one thing I would do, if, if I could do like my own ministry focus on it, I would just start trying to figure out how to clean eggshells out of marriage because it's so annoying. Why would you marry this person you love with all of your heart and then spend the rest of your life afraid of them? But that is what so many couples do. And so, so you, you, you start having some honest conversations. Now, when you have the, uh, those conversations, so we go higher, talk to God. We get real. By the way, getting real is getting the log out of your own eye. That's a scriptural basis for that. Um, then we gently engage each other. We go to our brother, sister. Biblical, these are just biblical principles. And then last, we start to get together. Start to figure out how to work out my parents, your parents, the kids, the dogs, the bills, the budget, the dates, and all those kind of things. The Bible says in Proverbs 25, through good, through good, though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person with understanding will draw it out. And I tell you what, that's a beautiful place in marriage when you begin to draw the wisdom out of your partner. You begin to, instead of 
arguing with each other, it starts, it turns into more questions and more trying to understand. It's a beautiful place to be. And uh, it's a, when, when you get there, you're going to love it because, and maybe many of you are, I don't mean to make the assumption you're not, because it's a place where there's a whole lot less eggshells on the floor of the relationship. So now you get together. Oh, this is the fun part, right? You're actually talking and he wants to go to his mom's and well, not at our house, but at, at, at yours maybe. She wants to go to hers and we're starting to get all the stuff out of the table. So now what do we do? First thing, you ready? And, and uh, I'm, I'm, I would ask you to forgive me, but this, you're adults in the room. First thing you gotta do is you gotta cut the crap. Just, just gotta stop being a manipulator. Stop trying to get your partner to figure out what you need and what you want. Stop. You're not toddlers locked in a marriage. Not four-year-olds, you know, you're adults. You can talk, you can listen, you can, you can argue, you can, you can raise your voice to a point, I suppose, but the, the, the issue here is that we're, we're a married couple and we're gonna find a place where we can come together. And as long as you have a conversation about any conflict, and you know, at the end of the day, we're still gonna be married, still gonna love each other, uh, you know, you can cut the crap and actually be honest with each other. And so when you get together, get past all that toddler stuff. Um, a term I learned from, from uh, John Gottman was in his book, Seven Principles of Marriage, he talks about these things called repair attempts, which I thought that's a weird term for anything in a marriage. And then my wife hit me with a socket wrench, and then I understood that I was repaired. No, I'm just kidding. It was an attitude adjustment. That's what my mom called them. Anyway. So, but he, he talks about how that when you get in a conflict with each other, maybe that you can identify with this. You guys are, it's getting tense, you know, and we're not getting to, we're not agreeing here. We don't see eye to eye. And it's starting to get a tense. And a healthy marriage, and it doesn't matter how much couples fight, but marriages that make it do this, they make and receive what he calls repair attempts. And what they are is like, you're, you're, you're really start, it's starting to get dark, and then, one of you cracks a joke. I got one. You got one. You could, you could be like, okay, we're going to your parents for Christmas morning, but I'm not wearing pants. That was now, that's a pretty good compromise in my book right there because people don't talk to you when you're not Jason's back to going, that's what's happening. I never thought of that before. <laughs> Believe me, no pants solves a lot of problems in our house, but um, anyway. So what, what have you guys done? Can you guys think of a time when you guys were getting, it was getting tense and somebody did something. And how do you guys stop the fight from getting too intense? T Tammy's got one. How many guys have been married 12 years? No, I'm just kidding. 12 years. I just asked him. It's kind of, you got to think. Chris, Chris didn't think all afternoon. <laughs> what did you say? I said you had to think all afternoon about that. What what'd you say though? What'd you say? Oh, naturally. I figured it'd be like Tammy's like laying out the details and John's like, what are we talking about? And that would totally. <laughs> That's it. We are not. We we are very unequal fighters because I'm a fighter who's a lover, so we don't have. So he's like hugging you while you're trying to yell at him, and you're like, stop it. So when we first got married, I would try to kiss her to shut her up. 
And it worked for a while. And then one day she's like, I know what you're doing. Because <laughs> I'm not an aggressive person. So anyway, it's good. Anybody else got one? How do you guys? Yeah, go ahead, Lori. Well, I just say we're a team. We're a team. It's really reminding that we're just on the same side. There you go. That's a repair attempt. That's good. It's good. Go ahead, Angela. Uh, because we can both get pretty heated once it goes, you know, uh, south. Yeah. Um, and so we have to go, okay, break. Yeah. You know, you, 10 minute recess. Let's. Ooh. You know. Do you actually go outside and play or? <laughs> he does. He, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, that's good. Find, you know, when we come back together and it's like, all right. Right. You know, let's, let's start this over again. Okay. Good. That's good. Take a break. Take the pressure off. Those are good, good tools for everybody. Steve. Yeah. When we got married, one of our wedding gifts was a wine goblet, all fancy and everything. And it said, whenever you have an argument, cool down, fill this up with grape juice in the beginning. Okay. And uh, you know, have a drink and share with each other. Uh -huh. But then they gave us a verse, Ephesians uh, 4.32, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Oh, good. And just keep that in the back of your mind. When those things come up. Oh, it's good. Oh, those are excellent. Excellent. What do you say? Drink a lot of wine? Drink a lot of wine was what I heard as well. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, all else fails, I can't tell you. I've actually ended domestic disputes with this. Uh, just stop and pray. Seriously. I have, I have had people screaming at each other, ready to throw knives, and stopped and pray, and... It's so awkward, they didn't know what to do, and uh, it helped relieve the stress. But anyway, just those are just some things you... So, by the way, success, successful marriages learn how to do this. They learn how to make these attempts and receive them. The marriages that fail, and it really doesn't matter how much you fight or how loud you fight, usually the indicator, the biggest indicator that a marriage is, is in trouble or on the verge of divorce is that they're either not making or not receiving repair attempts okay so just just kind of a good good indicator now two things you should indicate first of all there are two kind of problems in your marriage and only two believe it or not solvable ones and unsolvable ones <laughs> so on the solvable ones you can find a compromise you can split the difference you can find some way to work it out that's great we've all we all love solvable problems but here's the bad news about 70% of the stuff that you're fighting about today in your marriage, you will still be fighting about five years from now. Yay! Yeah. Yeah, that's right. At least it's a, it's a familiar subject. So what do you do with that? I mean, I, and I think that's a good question. I mean, it, marriage is, is, is not two people who just get along and who agree on things and who figure out compromise. It's because that statistic, which is truthful and backed up by a lot of studies, uh, proves that we don't solve our marriage problems. We figure out how to live with the person we love. We figure out how to stay in relationship. And so there are unsolvable problems, and you might hit one through the holidays or any other time of year. So what do you do about unsolvable problems? So here's my, my suggestion. You and your spouse are, are never gonna see eye to eye on everything. You came from two different families. 
different sets of wounds, different journeys to faith. I mean, there's so much about you that's different, and likely those differences are what attracted you to each other to start with. I mean, you, you, God puts people together not because they're the same, but usually they have complementary, complementary uh, things that they lack, and they'll therefore. So, uh, get your uh, give your partner. You're never going to see eye to eye. So do this: give your partner the benefit of the doubt. What does that mean? Benefit of your doubt. So there are things like. Uh, I hate, I know, I think I may have shared this with you before, but I'm, this is a great illustration. Uh, actually, we just got a new dishwasher, so I'm starting to like it. But up until recently, I hated dishwashers. Just hated them. And here's, here's why. And, and so it created a lot of, this is an unsolvable problem in our house. Actually, we just bought a really nice dishwasher, and so now that may have solved it. So, I started, yeah, that's right. But to me, it was just delaying the inevitable, which was putting up the dishes. The boys would load it up and then leave and grow up and move out, and there was no one to put the dishes away. Okay? So, anyway, we, we had this thing. And so we got to a point where you know, we, we didn't really talk about the dishwasher. I mean, I would, gri well, yeah, there was. I would gripe every time I had to unload it because I'm fat and had bending over, just not for me. I'm just saying, young people. You had to find something that wasn't in the cabinet. That's true. It was in the dishwasher. You can see this has been a well-hashed subject, well-hashed subject in our house. So how do you deal with these things? And this is just a petty little annoyance. But a lot of marriages break up over petty little annoyances. And so how do you deal with it? Well, you know what? Christy loves the dishwasher. It saves her work. She can, she can stage out the dishes and get the boys to help. And, and i got to realize, even though I hate it, it's a tool she needs. And so it's just something we disagree on. She's an amazing lady. First of all, she puts up with me and has done so for 32 years. You could have been out of prison by now. And so, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> so when he does the dishes, he washes them by hand. I do. That's and right. He puts them away. Maybe. Mm -hmm. When no, that's he right. dishes, they go in the dishwasher. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Uh, but like I said, we did get a new dishwasher that actually cleans dishes now, so I'm pretty happy about that. So, anyway, the point is, give your spouse a benefit of the doubt. You're never going to see eye to eye on everything. Learn, you just learn to live with your spouse's differences. I mean, it's okay. Most of the time, it's okay. I mean, unless they like to shoot beer cans off your head or something, that's not okay. But I mean, something. Most of the time, it's just not a big deal. It's just around. Okay. All right. This is, this is kind of all the content around this idea of, and this is the most of it. The rest of these are just kind of simple tips we go through. But when it comes to communication and expectations in your marriage, let me finish this section up with, with one question. I mean, everything I've covered, pretty common sense, basic Bible, basic conflict resolution stuff. Nothing fancy. So here's the question. You ready? Let's, let's, let's answer this together. Why do we not share our expectations with each other? Why do we not communicate our expectations? Because I, it's not just new marriages that don't do this. I mean, we find ourselves all the time, and we have a great marriage and communicate a lot, but we find ourselves all the time discovering, oh, I had no idea that's what you desired or what you wanted. What, what keeps us from doing it? What do you think? Pride. Pride? Why pride? Why do you say pride? Because you expect them to do it. Oh, they should be able to read your prideful mind. <laughs> You've been together so long that, you know, if you were to tell them, uh -huh. then it wouldn't mean as much, but 
know, by now you should kind of know. Oh, yeah. Honey, what... It's been said in little things. What happens when you tell your husband what you want? He gets it right then. <laughs> okay. Can I tell him my story? My please, please. <laughs> this does not make me look good at all. I'm just saying. It's all good. Some stories. So last year, so my birthday, every year, the night before my birthday, Michael goes, tomorrow's your birthday and I haven't done anything for you. But he, he always says, I stink at gifts and, I, and I've been busy. That's always the thing. I haven't done anything for you and I've been busy. So... Last year, it's like two nights before my birthday, he goes, what do you want for your birthday? And I had a list, okay, I've been married 32 years, I'm like, I gotta give this man a list. So I had a list of about four or five things, and the first thing I said was, I need a new pillow. Because my pillow that I sleep on costs like 40 bucks, and I won't just go buy it, okay? So I said, I really need a new pillow. And he pulled his phone out, he's on Amazon, Communication. You throw him a bone every now and then. Yeah. So. <laughs> Men's brains don't work like women's brains. Can I share my verse? No. Whenever you, I don't, I'm sorry. Go ahead, babe. I've just been waiting. I'm just teasing. I've just been waiting. I'm sorry. So, I, before you move on. But I, as we were talking about this and preparing for this, I didn't really have a lot to add to what Michael prepared. But there is one verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 13, 12, that says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And that hope deferred is unmet expectations, right? And it makes the heart sick. That's disappointment. So uh, honestly, several years ago, I just kept experiencing these disappointments. Like, I was like, well, he should have known this. Well, you know, I, I stuck this thing on the wall and circled it and put the date of my birthday on there, you know, and, and I still didn't get that thing, you know, whatever. And so... I kept thinking, why, why am I constantly disappointed? And God led me to this verse. And it's because I had expectations that I had not voiced. I was expecting him to know or whatever. But the second part of that verse says, but when dreams come, to, come true, there's joy and life or life and joy. And I love that because that's, that's what we're talking about here tonight. Share your dreams with right. each other. That's right. You know, if you want your Christmas to look like a Hallmark movie, yeah. share the script. Right. You know, go here. This is kind of what I'm envisioning. Can we, you know, can we make this happen? Because if you don't and you have different visions, you know, that's what division is you have different visions then it's just a tug of war you know we're trying to manipulate to get what we want and really if you just say you know here's what I really want then the other person will say well here's what I really want and we can make this happen so dreams come true when dreams come true there's life and joy so dream together dream out loud and honestly ladies this is I have learned this in the last couple of years you know what I would really like to have his ears perk up. It's true. And he, if he can do it, he makes it happen. Mm -hmm. 
from? Most of the time. Question. Oh, who? Go back to questions. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a, so you no, do that's now? okay. I, I was just I was just gonna say that most of the time, your spouse really wants you to be happy, right. and and a lot of times they they just don't know how to make you happy, and you you're learning how to communicate with them. You know, let them know. Men are very compartmentalized. We 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 focus. Uh, and when sometimes when we focus, that means that other stuff gets left behind. So if you ask him for something or need him to do something, he doesn't do it. Doesn't mean he's mad. Just means he forgot. Usually, I mean, and so just remind the guy. And uh, a lot of times that helps a lot. So, Bell, what'd you have? Oh, good. Asking for a friend. <laughs> Bell's friend. Got it. Nice. Right. That's a good, that's a really good question. Um, why not find out if you're going to be rejected or not? Because right now you're already living under rejection and you haven't even been rejected yet. So share, and if you get rejected, then you have a reason to be rejected. And then you have something to talk to. By the way, uh, ladies, you, you always got to remember in the, your relationship, your husband has a boss. It's not you. You guys are equals, but he has a boss, he has a head, and it's God. So uh, your husband rejects you, hurts your feelings, you go to his boss, and you'll save a lot of problems. And you'll be amazed what, you'll be amazed what his boss can get done. Uh, it, it will blow your mind. <clears throat> it's good. Any other thoughts on... Yeah. Yes, sir. So one thing about Christy here, you know? Yes, sir. Let you know what she wants. Yeah. Well, don't do it too soon because I usually forget what she tells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot the toolbox this year. Oh man, good good stuff. All right. So then I just want to give a few more tips. Anybody else have anything else they want to say on why we don't talk about expectations? I guess before I move on, I just wanted to kind of yeah, Sue. Fear. Just yeah. fear. Fear that you won't like their answer. Okay, that's true. That's true. But again. You're living under fear and you haven't even heard it yet. Yeah. And so better to, better to get it out there. When it's out, you can deal with it. Or, you know, even if it's just you that has to deal with it. If it's something, you know what I'm saying? You can get counseling, you can get some prayer support, something. But if you're living under fear because you don't know what they'll do, then you are usually doing that alone. And the enemy is always there to take that fear, drive it deeper, and tell you, you're the only one going through this. No one else is experiencing this. You're all alone. And those are the echoes that will be in your head. And that's never the case. I mean, there's all, everybody in this room has a lot of shared experiences with everybody else. We've all been through similar things in our relationships and in our lives. Okay? So, good, good thoughts. Anything else? Yeah, Brandy. There you go. Go higher. Right. That's really good. Good. Brandy just said that she likes to go to God first to soften her husband's heart if it's something she really needs him to hear. Just to kind of relay that, relay that out. And that's that's really good. Go higher, get with the Father, and uh, can really save a lot of challenges. Man, prayer can do a lot in a marriage. There's also uh, I was thinking the same thing along the same lines, but. 
I have had um, quite, you know, something that I wanted to ask Michael, you know, normally it has to do with like a trip to Kentucky or something like that. And I would pray about it first and not only, you know, prepare him, but to pre prepare me for whatever the answer is going to be, you mm -hmm. know, to prepare my heart to be able to humbly receive a no if that's mm -hmm. what, you know, so. Yeah, because I tell her no all the time. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Okay, let me run through these last few tips here that can be helpful, I think, and we'll stop and talk along the way about a couple things. Um, so first, you've got to get the expectations out. Second, prioritize your marriage, and then your kids, and then the family after that. It, you've got to do that first. Um, and, and I can't, I mean, I... <sighs> I could not drive this home. I could get mean and nasty about this and not drive this home as much as it needs to be home. But, man, when you got married before, you didn't have children yet, you got married to be together forever. And it's easy. Children are so consuming. They have so many needs. It's so easy to lose focus in the childbearing years of your marriage. But when, those, when the dust settles of the chaos of the childbearing years, okay, and that's a really mild way to put it, actually, <laughs> you want you and your spouse to still be standing. You know, it's a shame to have to go through all of that chaos and challenge of childbearing and then to lose the marriage. So do everything you can to prioritize uh, your marriage. It, it, put it before all the other things, especially as you come into the holidays, one of the things is all the expectations laid on you by others outside your marriage, in-laws mothers-in-law or, you know, outlaws, whatever they are. Um, identical twin sisters, those kind of things. Um, you know, bottom line, you're not going to make everybody happy and have a happy marriage, right? You're not going to make everybody happy anyway. I mean, people don't even know what they want, so they make a demand, you give them what they want, then they're still mad. You know how that goes. So, uh, you know, just prioritize your marriage because uh, your marriage is just, it's more important. It's more important than. In fact, let's stop right there. Let's talk about some things in the holiday season that your marriage is more important than. So anybody want to tackle that? What's your marriage more important than as we come into Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, the holiday season? What's your marriage more important than? More important than crap? You might need a little bit more clarification there. Or you might end up on the couch after all. <laughs> all the crap that gets in the way. All the crap that gets in the way. All right. A lot of glitz and glitter keeps you away from the real thing. Okay. Marriage is more important than. Someone else take it. What else is your marriage more important than? Work. It's more important than work. Your marriage is more important than a job. That's right. Of that. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And we are happy you are. Happy. That's good. Very good. Anybody else? My marriage is more important than. Tammy. Well, to go back to the children idea because now we're way on the other side of raising our kids. But you know what? You can do... You can... I mean, I remember having those thoughts of, we have to have the perfect Christmas or our children will be traumatized, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Well, guess what? Then they grow up and they kick you to the curb. Not really. I mean, my kids have to kick me to the curb, but the thing is, they get their own families. Right. And so then, you're all you've got left. <laughs> is John? <laughs> 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 what are we talking about? <laughs> 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 oh, you're not, John. Mm. Uh, but then, you know, so then.
your life just kind of goes and you're back together without all of the stuff mm -hmm. and you then that's hard because you've got to navigate that simplicity right truly that's kind of a weird feeling because you're so used to all of this glitter and glamour and glitz and you're trying to do everything and have everything perfect and then suddenly you, your life kind of goes Wow. And you're back to square one. So it like contracts for those yeah. childbearing years and all of a sudden yes. it, and then it just and implodes. So, and, you, and then that's everything. <laughs> then you've mm -hmm. got to navigate that. Yeah. The stages of life, man, they're they're fun. You gotta you gotta do things like put a sticker on the back of your camper and spending my children's inheritance. There you go. That's good. That's good. They'll call then. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Every time they call, you say, hey, I'm spending your inheritance. What's up? Yes, sir. I'd say you mentioned it a couple times about the argument of whose place you go to. Yeah. I'd just say be thankful. Yeah, be thankful. That's true. You got a choice. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, that's right. So your marriage is more important than gifts. Than gifts. Amen. That's right. Okay. Amen. So, you know, we're talking about what you want. <coughs> I've got Patty some, some different gifts over the years. You know, some she never asked for. That's good. the important thing is you remember. Yeah? Uh-huh. She didn't have to remind you. You remember. Right. And that is special. Amen. That's right. That's good. Yeah. Marriage is more important than gifts. That's and good. And, and she loves the binoculars. Hallelujah. You cannot buy a gift for someone without thinking about that person. You definitely cannot make them a gift or be very creative without really thinking about that person. So. Mm, that's good. Uh, she's the smart one. I'm just telling you. Marriage is more important than the perfect holiday meal. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. More important. <laughs> well, there might be a discussion about that later. <laughs> That's good. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they all want their favorites, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to, uh, we're going out of town for Thanksgiving, which you, normally we're home. Our kids expect us to be home. But we, someone in the church has helped us out with something, so we're going to go up to Pinedale. And so our son, our second oldest son, texts us on Monday. Yes, yeah. We've decided we're coming home from Thanksgiving. <laughs> and we're like, we won't be here. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> and we're like, it's good for him. This will be a chance for him to grow, Lord. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's true. That's true. That's pretty good. Well, just remember as we get as you get into the season, hey, our marriage is just more important than this. And so whatever it is, you, you just don't want to spend. Why waste a day mad at each other? I mean, it is a great time of year. Come on, it's the holidays. We get to see kids and friends and family. People typically are more relaxed this time of year. Well, I take it a lot of people more stressed, but I mean, you can be more relaxed if you choose to be. It can be a lot of fun. Uh, so why spend a whole day mad? If you're going to be mad, like cut it to half a day at least. You know, like okay, I'm going to be mad at you all morning, but this afternoon we'll make up. And making up can be fun. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So. Prioritize your marriage. Talk about your expectations. Uh, stay within budget. And I, you know, when I say stay within budget, I'm also talking about calendar too. Um, 
as Alan pointed out, and, and <laughs> your marriage is more important than gifts. And an expensive gift doesn't say, I love you or I care about you any more than a frugal gift, you know? And there are years that we have really lavished upon our kids, upon each other. And then, have you ever, I bet you've done this. If you had kids, I bet you've done this. Have you ever bought your kid this awesome toy and they spent all the day of Christmas playing in the box that came in? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? What, what's the deal? It's not the gift. It's the day. It's presents. I mean presents as in you being present. Um, you know, you give your child a present and then you're so busy you can't enjoy watching them play with it or the box it came in. <laughs> because that, as you get older, that's the joy of Christmas is the joy it brings to others and the joy that you're, you, you're able to give to your children or your spouse or, or those kinds of things. And so uh, if, if budgetary limits are a challenge in your marriage, then you need some outside help, by the way. Just, that's just something you've got to got to figure out. So uh, stay within your budget. Here's, this is my favorite. Leave some margin. Leave some margin. Stuff is going to happen. You're going to be late. Food's going to get ruined. People aren't going to be able to sh show up. You live in Wyoming, so the weather could change any second. It doesn't matter what the forecast is. <laughs> so leave, I say leave as many holes in your schedule as possible. Now, I'm not saying become a recluse. Uh, that's not healthy either. But I'm saying leave as many holes in your schedule as possible. As much room as you can, as much margin as you can come up with, do it. Because it, you will fill it up, even if you fill it up with your feet propped up watching Hallmark movies or the best Christmas movie of all, Die Hard 1 and 2. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Didn't you have something on margin? Oh, yeah. Did I already cover it? Um, I, well, I was just... Michael's really good at saying, if you're, say, if you're saying yes to this, what are you saying no to? So just be careful who you give the pen of your calendar to. Just because your kid is on their team and they decided to have something and your daughter is in this and they decided to have something doesn't mean you have to go to and be a part of every good thing. Make sure that you're doing the best things and not just everything that's good because there's lots of good to do out there. Um, and um, there was one thing I was going to say. Be careful not to bump your treasures, which is your family, those that you want to be with, for people that you don't really even like. A lot of times we do that, you know, well, so-and-so's mother and brother-in-law and whatever, they're having this thing, and if we don't show up, we'll be the only ones on the block, you know, whatever. But make sure you don't bump your treasures to spend time with people that you don't even want to be with anyway. So, um, But, yeah, lots of margin. You know, whatever happened to home for the holidays? Yeah, that's right. You know, be home because when your kids are grown, some of you already have your kids grown. They, they, when they come home, do they like? They go, hey, let's go stand in line at Walmart. <laughs> no, they go, hey, Cody, let's go make Cody some does. Christmas cookies in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, they want to. It's home that they want to be. So, especially those of us who have little ones, younger ones, be home. That is a gift <clears throat> for our kids. That's right. So, and I'm one who struggles with the saying no at the the right times, and so. Uh, but I learned a few years ago: one, every yes is a no; every no is a yes. I'm saying yes to something. 
Uh, only really rude people follow up. Like if you say, if they say, would you do this? And you say, well, I'm sorry, I'm not available or I have plans. It's really rude for someone to follow up. Well, what are you doing? Uh, unless they're like, I want to go with you, <laughs> which, which could happen. And uh, of course, I'm a bit of a smart aleck, and so I, I got to be careful. I don't want to give you naughty ideas or something like that. But um, you, you, you can just leave it at that. Say, I'm, I'm just not available that night. Uh, if they really press, you could just say, that's the night my wife and I get together sexually, and they'll, <laughs> they'll be done. And that'll be it. So no more, no more questions on that. So just saying, if you, if you need one that shuts them up, that will do it. <laughs> if, you, if they're really pushy, and I have had a few like that, which I could tell stories and I won't, okay. Um, but again, I don't want you to, I'm not saying become a recluse. I mean, it, it's a good time to be involved in people's lives, get to know people and take advantage of that. But just to have some margin. What are some things we can do to have a little margin over the next coming weeks? Let's, let's toss it around among ourselves. What can give us a little margin? Turn off your phone. Ooh. Don't plan for perfection. Mm. Don't plan for, perfection. Don't plan for perfection. That's good. Schedule downtime. Mm. Schedule it. Yeah. That's right. Sorry, I'm busy. What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> That's right. You have to schedule your family time to make sure that you're getting it. Mm-hmm with your, your husband or your kids or whatever it might be, then right. schedule it. Do it. In fact, I'd say schedule extra, just in case something comes up and knocks you out. If you're going to have something mm-hmm. on your schedule extra to get done, schedule an extra time with your family. Yeah. And you know? do that first. Do that before December. <laughs> yeah, do it now. Include each other. Include each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's good. Ish to your yeah. calendar. Okay, yeah. I'll be I'll be there ish. It's good. But don't do that to me. <laughs> Just kidding. I like 2.30. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. That that makes me. Then I can be five minutes late and know that we'll be on time. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Anything else we could do to help us with margin? Go with the flow. Go with the flow. What if you're like me and you can't do that? I mean, just, just I'd drown in the flow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Beat you into submission. I like it. Uh, schedule a trip to Europe for three weeks. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Cruises are good, too. The phone won't work. What was over here? Oh, I thought you guys. We yeah, the Europe trip. Okay, sounds good. Sounds like a, you got a, a foursome here. <laughs> I like what Justin said. Include each other, and that that is really important because a lot of times we're making separate plans, and we're not, you know. Well, I said we could go here. Well, I said we could do this, and now you've got two things on your calendar that could have been maybe none. Right. <laughs> or right. one or whatever. He says include people. My situation, we have a lot of hurt people. Mm-hmm. So we make a loving, comfortable, healthy home environment. Mm-hmm. That they can come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. That is good. Super good. Last thing, well, not the last thing. I've already covered all the big tips, you know, just 
this really all we really talked about is healthy boundaries that's really this is all of this is boundary stuff it, it's about the fact that I am responsible for my time my energy my schedule my life my money I'm responsible I'm responsible for my marriage and all the things that or my particular role in that marriage. And she's, she's responsible for her too. And so this is about taking responsibility for the right things and not letting someone else give you responsibility for things that, that aren't the right things, you know? Now, boundaries, I've learned, is something I've really been growing in the last two years. This year, a, a lot, because I've been teaching more on it. It's really helped me grow in it. Um, boundaries can be tough. They were, they're tough for me. Uh, I turned 50 here soon, so something about getting older makes it a little easier to pop some boundaries <laughs> in place when your energy begins to, I don't know if it wane is the right word, but let's just say I like to sit down more nowadays. And so, um, but anyway, this all we're really talking about is healthy boundaries, and we've talked about ways to do them around Christmas. And you've helped me teach as much as I've taught. So I hope this helps you. Um, the only, just the last thing I'll throw in is, if any of this is difficult for you, and I realize I spoke in generalities and stereotypes tonight, I usually do when we're doing a, a workshop style setting. Um, you know, you, sometimes you just need help, counseling, coaching. Uh, I, again, I spoke in generalities tonight. Some situations are specific and, and maybe challenging or dangerous or even. Um, if you need counsel or coaching or help, get it. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, we, we all need support in life. And it's a brave thing to get help when you need it. Okay? Any other comments? See, we're done before 10. I know if you guys looked on Facebook and I said 10 o'clock, I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm going to be in bed by an hour by the thing this thing is over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody who knows me know that's a typo. Anyway, any other comments? Or questions or answers? <laughs> I could use some of those. Thanks for coming. You're talking about building parties. My wife likes to have parties. Yes, sir. Okay. So we've learned over the years, if you invite somebody to a party and they tell you, I can't make it, mm -hmm. accept that. Right, right. Don't condemn them. Don't make them feel guilty. Just accept that. They've got something else to do. Right. That's good. That is good. Yeah, because this, this knife does cut both ways. Other people need margin, too. That's good. Thanks. Thanks for coming. I hope you've got some value out of it. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope you had some great conversations at your table and maybe even connected with someone in a way you hadn't before. Maybe swapped up a phone number and maybe be able to pray for somebody in their own relationship through the holiday season. And, uh, and we'll be praying for you too. And please pray for us because we also are human. So, especially me, her less so. <laughs> Could I close in prayer and pray that God bless you? Heavenly Father, I just, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for a book that has so many amazing answers. And then I know that there are so many unique situations in, represented just in this room. And I cannot cover them all. But I thank you that we have your word filled with your ideas and your thoughts and your beauty and your revelation to guide us through anything. I, I thank you that you, God, love to talk, love to speak, and you are speaking according to Hebrews 13. And I just, I pray that you would just speak 
life into these marriages and these relationships and those who are struggling in relationships. I pray that you speak life, speak Jesus, speak hope. I pray, Lord, that you would bind fear, rejection, abandonment, um, insecurity, the feeling that I'm not enough. All these things that are just core fears in most marriages today. I pray you just bind them and release the opposite. Release love and power, fierceness, passion, joy, great connection, and amazing intimacy in the relationships in this room. I pray you bless these marriages, bless this church, bless this community. Father, I just pray that you deal with the assaults of the enemy upon the relationships in our town and set people free. Thanks, Lord. I pray that you would somehow make relationships grow in this room between couples too, that they could pray for each other. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Yeah. Don't forget your flowers. And thank you, Hallie and Sue, for all your help. Yay, Hallie and Sue. Did they get a piece of cake or something? Oh, what's wrong? Why are you? Sh- I was gonna say sure. They brought the salad. Oh yeah. Let's send the thank you card out. Is that okay? Sorry, I didn't help a whole lot. Mm, I love you. Mm, so great. Guess I'll leave that up here for now. Well, you survived the DNA, Brother Allen. Good job. <laughs> and even played a game. <laughs> My wife was going to cut you a break, but now I'm his patty. <laughs> oh, do you have to get me over, too? I'm not good with games. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. I did. I did have fun of that. Hey, take care, Jamie. Praying. Always, yes. Reverend John. Great pride. We're old. We're tired. (laughs) Nice. There you go. That's right. Thanks for that dessert, man. That looks delicious. You survived the DNA. Good job. Way to go, man. Way to go, man. That wasn't too bad, was it? And you got to laugh at other people. It was excellent. Awesome. Good deal. Laugh a couple times, but only because I hear myself talking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I make everything look funny. Just, just ask my wife. But anyway, that that's too personal. Anyway. Oh, I need coffee. Not that. I went the wrong way. Thank you. Hey, thank you guys, man. Thanks for the help. Oh man. I should have got to eat all that. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I could. That's why I'm not thin. That's why I'm not thin. Don't get used to it. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to make it, man. The weather worked out in my favor. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, I was leaving work early anyways. Oh, yeah, okay. I was leaving at 4.30 so I could get here get home and take a shower before I get here. Yeah, that's a good plan. Showers are good. You smell better. There's got to be a... You know, you see those signs. I wish I'd found you so I could love you. Yeah? No. Ah. Take care, amazing couple. Have a great one. You take care, you amazing guy. Ah, oh, man. Take care, my brother. Harass your dad for me. I'm so glad you guys are here. Awesome. Yeah, good. Thanks. We try to make it make sense. That's our goal. Make sense. So, the family that you're going to bless is the Hallett family. Okay. I talked to her son.